DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're brought to you in part by Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Time to talk football with Riley Jensen, college football insider, and he joins us on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Riley, good morning. Good morning, fellas. What, what is there? Is there anything to talk about? Oh, there's, there's all kinds of stuff to talk about, Riley. <laughs> I know. I know. Some of it I don't want to talk about. What do you not want to talk about the most? I don't want to talk about the fact that just even starting with Snow College, Weber State, Utah State, University of Utah football not happening in my lifetime during a fall season. That's just it's just depressing. It's just that that's just man, that's a gut punch. I can't I can't even imagine what it's going to be like. I don't, I don't even know what to do with my Saturdays, what to look forward to. I'm using some of my own sports psychology techniques just to make it through. Well, can we now finally agree it took all this time to realize what I've already known? Thank (laughs) God for BYU. (laughs) This is what I love about you, PK. I mean, your true colors show in adversity, and we all know, we've all known forever that you're a BYU homer and that you are in love with the BYU Cougs. And, and yeah, and, and then add on to the fact that you get to add an I told you so on the end of that. That's awesome. That's awesome. I bless myself every time when I think of the Cougars, and more so now than ever. <laughs> do, you, do you think they're going to be able to put together a season? Because, I, I mean, I'm just looking at it going, holy cow, where, where do you go? Where, what do you do? Big 12, AAC, Conference USA. That's I know. Yeah, yeah I think I, find I mean, I what a season go, is. But I mean, when you have when you have teams like Iowa State adding Louisiana Cajuns to their schedule when they could have BYU, it, it makes me feel a little bit less optimistic about BYU being able to put together a season. Oh yeah, of course. Who wants to add an L to your schedule? Get the Cajuns. They're barely <laughs> Ragins. <laughs> You know, I've said it before on air, PK. The thing about you is you're kind of like the adversary. You're kind of like Beelzebub. You don't ever, like, <laughs> confront someone, and you don't actually, like, try and stop them from doing something or try and push them in a direct. You you just kind of push them in the small of their back in the direction they're already going, right? Like, <laughs> you just kind of you push them a little past the mark, you know? Just a little past the mark. I love the way you work. I love the way you work. The light is there. You just have to move to where you can see it. <laughs> what I appreciate about you is you're doing things on and off the field correctly. And, and you, you, oh, that's nice. Well done. Right, right. right. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious. We've heard a lot about, uh, you know, this is going to lead to a free-for-all in transferring. I would think if a free-for-all in transferring starts, you'd be one of the first people who would start hearing stuff and would know about it. Has the said free-for-all started? Is it too soon for it to start, or is it not going to start? Well, I, I mean, I, I, free-for-all, I mean, we, we have to define the terms there. I, I don't know that it's a free-for-all, but I can tell you right now, I've checked around. I've actually asked all the coaches. There's at least three players from other states right now 
on almost every team in 5A and 6A that I can Oh, and, I was talking I was talking college. You're going to high oh. school. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. No, sorry. we'll get to high school in just a second. I got high school sorry, questions. Sir. But first, I think people wonder if, if you know, the Utes or the Aggies, whoever, whatever team they root for, <clears throat> if guys are going to be coming and going real quick. Is this is going to lead to the, the free-for-all in college football? I, I, I almost don't think so because I, 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 think, I think these conferences did a good job of waiting until the last second to do it because what, how, do you, how do you transfer right now unless you're just – an unbelievable stud for USC or for the University of Utah, and you're playing a position that you don't have to learn a, a ton of terminology. So I could see a couple of defensive players going, and they would have to be somebody that was like all Pac-12 first team, all Big Ten first team, and then they're going to transfer, and then the NCAA is going to be put in a tight spot. But here, here's the thing. Here's the thing that's scary about that right now is how do you – how do you know that the season's going to happen at the next school? And if you transfer, you're kind of saying, like, I'm never coming back. Like, you're turning your back. And you're going. So if you transfer from Michigan to LSU, let's say, and, and then they cancel it two weeks from now, I mean, I hope that's really the decision you wanted to make is that you, you really wanted to be at LSU and you really wanted to be there. But here, here's where college football gets a little bit complicated to me. Look, there ain't no way spring ball is happening. I've talked to some people who know. I've talked to some people who understand that the situation. Spring ball doesn't fit. It doesn't fit into the dates. It doesn't fit for for a lot of reasons. Spring ball is not happening. Not only not only because of the logistics of it, because we still don't even know what's going to happen with COVID. So spring ball is not happening. I mean, I, I I love that that we're all optimistic and we're still trying to push through it, but it's not happening. And they're going to move it to fall. And I think the NCAA is going to grant an extra year of eligibility to these kids. But I think individual schools can't afford to do it. Can, I, can you imagine? Can you imagine a school with maybe not as big a budget as Ohio State having 140 kids on scholarship next fall? Yeah. Like, uh, it's not going to happen. They can't afford to do it. They're, they're already hemorrhaging millions of dollars this year. I mean, the reports right now for the University of Utah are 50 to 60. I had heard privately in private conversations that the number 67 million whatever that number is that's not just a number that you get to roll over into next year and go okay well we're okay now right and it's not a number and and i find it really ironic that pac-12 players that some of the players around the country were trying to use um this this platform and this time right now to ask for more money and to get paid i don't i, I think we're going to get a whole lesson in economics right now that is going to be really, really interesting. And to be honest with you, I think football is going to make it through. The, the thing that's going to be sad is the tennis teams, the you know, the gymnastics teams, some of the different things that people have loved and, and have loved to have an opportunity for their kids to play, at, you know, at the University of Utah or at Weber State or Utah State. Some of those are going to be gone, and coaches are going to be on furloughs for people to make it through this thing. And we're we're going to get a real lesson on the economics of NCAA sports because here's the problem with NCAA sports. They have not been running it like a business. They've been running it like welfare. Football and basketball are the teams that bring in money. Football brings in 85% of the revenue. Basketball, last time I checked, is about 12% of the revenue, and everybody else is 3%. But what they do is they take the football money and they spread it all around. Well, no companies really run their – 
they, they don't run their companies like that where they where they make it a welfare state for all the rest of their company. They cut those parts of their business. And I, I think you, you'll notice that people aren't bringing up Title IX right now. People aren't bringing up some of those things right now because there's some tough questions to answer in college football that I don't know that anybody can answer. And so to, to get to your original question, to transfer right now is a little bit of a big gamble, and you better be well thought out, and you better think it through before you do it. So I don't think there's going to be big hemorrhaging and people moving um, to different schools. I just I don't see it. Well, I'm wondering about the short-term and long-term effect that the Pac-12 will take a hit because it's already at the bottom of the Power Five, and the Pac-12 is my beloved conference, and I'm a homer for it. But I'm wondering if there's going to be a fallout as far as kids not wanting to come here. So we may not see the effect immediately, but over the next few years we see it. Well, that's a, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, every everything should be thought of in the short-term and the long-term, right? the finite and the infinite game. I mean, the in, if you're playing the infinite game, I think this is a bad decision for the Pac-12. And I, and I think that if you're thinking long-term, I think this ha- this puts some questions in uh, certain players. I mean, not not all of them. I mean, not, not every player is going to go, oh, well, I don't like the way they handle this. But some people are going to like, look, when I go to college, I want to be able to play college football, and I don't want to have to worry about administrations interfering with it. And I don't want to have to worry about these different things happening. And regardless of how we feel about COVID-19, there's people on both sides of the table. There's people that think it's a joke. There's people that think it's very, very serious. And I, I, don't, I don't really care how you feel about it. There's certain people that are going to feel a certain way, and I think that has an effect on people. It's, it's definitely going to affect the Pac-12 in the long term, I think. And like you said, they've already been struggling with some decisions that they've made. They've already been struggling to compete with the power five conferences. And, and so this is, this is, man, this is going to get way messy before it gets clean. This is, this is a mess. I never anticipated this happening with college football. I really thought with six months to prepare, there would be some sort of a plan that something would come together so they could play football because it just, it means so much money to the conferences and, and to the teams. Uh, I, I just can't believe I, – I really am surprised with some of the decisions that have been made. All right, so to the high school football, uh, as you start to allude to, there are kids who've traveled for, or transferred from out of state, California, Arizona, wherever uh, – Although Arizona now, I guess, has given football the green light. Uh, California has not. But some kids in Arizona may have taken off before it got the green light. So they're on these uh, teams across Utah. Is it the top teams that have kids coming from out of state? Or is it the point now where everybody does? Well, it's, it's at the point where almost everybody does. It, it always starts with the top teams. I've had... Uh, I don't. I haven't like totally counted it, but I, I I have to have between nine and thirteen people that have called me just from the state of California asking me about teams. And of course, they start with Corner Canyon and Bingham and some of these some of these schools. And then as they start thinking about it, as they start reaching out to these schools, some schools there's a couple of schools out there that have said, "I don't want the problems. I don't want to deal with it." And they're really, really, really good teams, so they don't really have to deal with it. And then there's other teams that are like, hey, you know, I can't reach out to them, but we're pretty, you know, weak in this position, so if you want to have them call and reach out to me. And as that's happened, I've just kind of texted around the state and talked to, to different coaches. There's there's between two and three players on, on almost every coach that I've talked to in 5A and 6A. 
So it's it's a big difference. I mean, there's a kid that transferred from Hawaii by the by the last name of uh, Sa S A. I mean, he's the. I went and did a camp in Hawaii in February. He's the best receiver I've seen in the United States in that age group. I mean, he's he, Devin Chisholm Sa. He's he's ridiculously good. He's he's so good, and I mean he's transferring to Orem, and then you've got, you know, there's a quarterback from um, St. John Bosco who who transferred to Skyridge, right? And and so there's 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 some difference makers that have transferred to teams here in state, and I, I think it's going to make for an interesting fall. Although I, I don't, it would not surprise me. This, and, and I'm not trying to be too cynical here, but it would not surprise me if UHSAA gets through their endowment weekend this weekend, and then after another week, they just like they they, they collect all their money, they make sure they got their money, and then they just cancel the season because we've already had Bingham and Weaver that have been canceled, and they they just might throw their hands up in there and go, well, we got our money for this year, so what does it matter? Let's just go ahead and shut it down. <laughs> so they don't care about the kids. Oh, uh, you know, I, idealistic Patrick is very fun to listen to. <laughs> I care about Renai and the kids. I mean, come on. It's just about the money, even at high school? Oh, I man. give up. I'm going to so, go live on a mountain somewhere. <laughs> I thought, uh, before we leave the idealism behind, because that was entertaining, but I thought that if the season uh, doesn't get completed... And are most of the people telling you it won't get completed? Because that seems to be, I mean, it's just people's premonition, expectation. So it's nothing written in stone, but it just seems to be the expectation from a lot of people that this is this high school season is not going to get finished, one I, reason I, or another. But I, but I think most people think it'll fall apart by school district, not because of anything the UHA UHSAA says or does one way or the other. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I mean, I'm I'm looking at very closely on that. I mean, there was a, a Lone Peak soccer player. There was one player out of 40 that got it, and they shut the whole team down for two weeks. Uh, it, and and most of the 40 players hadn't been exposed to her. I'm watching it closely, and the more I'm reading and the more that I'm seeing, like, I just don't know how you do it. I, I just don't know how you make it through a season. And, and look, you can shut down you can shut down a 20 a 20 game season for soccer for for two weekends and maybe you miss three games or something like that but if you shut down a football team i mean two games is is a fifth of the it's 20% of the season it's the difference between making the playoffs and not now people can argue with me and say well it's just preseason right now i'm like i know but what happens when it's during the season and and now it's not like region really matters, you know. It has to do with like your ranking and your your strength of schedule and all that kind of stuff. So that ends up hurting teams. I just don't see how it's actually going to happen. I, 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 it's funny because I am an idealistic person. I am a positive person, but when I'm looking through this, I just I'm losing a lot of faith that that any of these things can get done because there's so much disagreement across the board, whether it's from district to district, from coach to coach, from uh, players' families to players' families. I, I mean, there's just no consensus. It's very, very difficult to navigate when there's no consensus on what to do. How about all the other sports then? I know football's a big deal, but there's plenty of other sports going on. 
Yeah, and I, you know, I'm I'm a little confused as to why, and 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 this is true in college too, right? Like, I thought that playing outside was a big deal. That 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 being outside, and and even though you're within, you know, a few feet of somebody, that playing outside was it's safer than playing inside. It's safer than playing inside, and I mean, look, look, I wish. I wish that I got to be as wrong as science has been on this whole deal and then be right and everybody go, yeah, follow the science and the data, right? Like, I, I wish I got to be wrong all the way along and then at the very end say, oh, yeah, this is the way we should do it and go, oh, okay, yeah, science and data. You know, like, I, it's been very difficult for me to understand some of the things that have been put out there. Football, soccer, some of these sports seem like, man, you should be able to play those outside. It shouldn't be a big deal. And so, to me, if if football can be shut down, why why wouldn't volleyball be shut down? Why wouldn't soccer be shut down? I mean, they're playing just as closely in certain instances in soccer and and in volleyball. They're playing inside. I, I mean, I I would imagine that a lot of these sports get shut down before the end of the fall. I hope not. I mean, I really hope not. I hope there's a way to salvage it and to just kind of push through it. And maybe we can be in the state of Utah a beacon and a light to the way the way that we can go forward with COVID-19 and these troubled times until we get a vaccine or until we get some medicine that can actually um, deal with the symptoms and help people out. But man, it's just, I'm, I'm just losing hope. And I just, I'm having a hard time thinking about what this fall is going to be like without the excitement of a big university of Utah game, a, a Utah state game in the fall or, you know, even even for me, like as a person who played at Snow College, like going down on a weekend to eat from Utah and watching a big game, like those were fun things for me to do and to look forward to. And I'm I'm just not seeing it, and uh, it's it's taking a little bit of my hope. It's it's sucking my will to live. <laughs> wow. I, okay, that was maybe a little. Fun. Well, you know, Riley, little, there's there's some dramatic. there's some truth to that uh, because uh, what's going to happen with the classrooms and other stuff. Because if you got a kid who needs to be socialized and isn't, you're talking about sucking the life out of them, and it has nothing to do with sports, and that's very, very important. So with each thing that's eliminated, there's going to be a fallout, an unintended consequence that is very, very serious. And, I, and, and look, from, from a mental health perspective, I mean, some of the statistics that that concern me as a mental health professional, as someone who works with the mind and with those sorts of things, are very alarming to me. And we haven't put a lot of thought into that because the COVID nineteen has been a big deal, and it is a big deal. I don't I don't mean to take away from it, but like you said, some of the unintended consequences of the the mental health of these kids. I mean, the, the suicide rates, the drug overdose rates, and some of these rates around the country are alarming. And some, I have high school teams around the state that are signing up for sports psychology with me because they want me to be able to help them to deal with some of the difficulties of the unknown of COVID-19 and some of the difficulties of playing during a pandemic. Um, these, these kids are nervous. And this was already a nervous and anxious generation long before COVID-19 came along. And so um, there's interesting questions and interesting dilemmas out there that we need to solve uh, as as smart people come through and come up with with solid solutions to some of these problems, because it's not just COVID nineteen that's causing some of the problems right now. Yeah, that was all true five or ten years ago. This is just accelerating it. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 heightened. It's yeah. like, uh, I mean, my own kids who are are eight and six years old. They they were talking to me about starting school and about what what their what their nerves are about it and what you know what they see on the TV. And and we don't generally watch a lot of TV around here. We're trying to be outside playing, but there's definitely some questions that they have in their little hearts and in their little bodies that are concerning, right? And and we had a good conversation with them last night about what they need to be worried about, what they don't need to be worried about, what they need to be safe about, because <clears throat> there is some things out there that are, um, you know, are, are, are very fearful, especially for young children, especially for young children. Thanks, Riley. We appreciate it. Love talking to you guys. Thanks for having me on.